0: Not your average operator. Not your average operator. Not your average operator. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Operator with me, Paul Mellon McFadden, sitting here with my boys. We've uh, we've been chewing the fat already, and I I won't lie, I've I've had a frosty or two. I've had brown Gatorade as Simon calls it, with bubbles in it. And this one's black. We are uh, here raising a glass and and having a chat and looking back and looking forward. This is episode 90 and we're calling this one Pushing Back Chaos. Ralph how are you, man?
1: I'm pretty good, mate. Uh, like you said, we've just been chewing the fat, laughing, and we're probably not going to bring up about 90% of what we just talked about. But uh, it's good. I'm uh I'm busy. I'm literally in between trips. I got in from Alaska last night and I'm heading out to Alaska again in a couple hours. So, um, I'm life is good, man, but I'm, I'm ready to finish these trips because I'm, I need to get back home to mama bear and and the little cubs. I I'm absolutely pretty homesick actually, believe it or not. I think about them. And it's, you know, it's one of those things because I'm so busy at work trying to learn systems and some other stuff. And, uh, so you can't think about home, but then like any moment that you get, you're like, I wouldn't mind being home right now. You know, it's like one of those things that just kind of creeps up. You're like, huh. And then you got to get your head back in the game, but yeah, man, it's been good. The, the flights have been amazing. Weather's been pretty challenging up in Alaska, which is why it's pretty exciting to fly up there. You know, you, it's really a thinking, a thinking man's game up there, so to speak.
0: Uh, can, you like tell me, can you tell me a little bit about, it? honestly, I'll, I've not really talked with many people about Arctic, nav and arctic flying and and weather and so on yeah. Honestly it.
1: yeah so the temperatures aren't too extreme right now where we're having to do like q and h adjustments or anything like that um really right now it's it's just low ceilings visibilities have been holding up pretty good the thing that's really good about flying in alaska and flying in places like Juneau and Kachikan and um, sitka and all these little towns is that one, you're landing in some of the most beautiful places on earth. I mean, you're literally flying between a fjord. I mean, you're literally gliding over water and you're doing like these last minute dog legs to land. So you're flying this 150 to 170,000 pound aircraft, um, You know, flying anywhere between like 160, 170 to slow is like 130. But the point is everything's happening really fast. And most airliners are usually lined up for straight and like 20 miles out. In Alaska, you're literally flying maybe, you know, half a mile, maybe inside of a half a mile, maybe a quarter mile before you're turning 30 degrees to uh, to, to land the sucker, you know. And by the way, it's gusty. It's windy. It's raining. Visibility is kind of there, kind of not there. I mean, it's it's pretty challenging. And then like the you know, there's a real real risk of uh, general aviation aircraft that don't necessarily have the same, you know, I don't say radio ethics, but maybe they're just not. Um, yeah, it's their backyard.
0: General yeah. aviation for everyone back home, that's that's a small little aircraft, your little Cessnas and whatnot, not airliner-sized aircraft. So those guys are not going to be as professional. They're not held to the same standard, they shouldn't be. These guys are uh, down in the weeds, getting people, getting hunt- hunters around and moving people around stations and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So that's, and that's, that's full that's a- on, Raph. I, I, I didn't know it was so much hand-flying of the, the big boy coming into land.
1: Well, and that's, the other, it's funny you say that because we literally do a lot of hand flying.
0: So most airliners, I mean, we do
1: a lot of automation, but in Alaska, it's, you're almost better off just flying the plane. Um, just, just really for the environmental part of it. And then just because of the type of landings that you're doing, like, like I said, you're within a quarter mile and you're doing 30 degree turns to final. I mean, it's pretty aggressive. And the whole time you're trying to keep that glide path all the way down and, you know, maintain that, that energy state and that sort of thing. So it's, Listen, it's it's a high learning curve. By no means am I fucking good at this, uh, but I've had some amazing uh, captains that I've been flying with that have really been, you know, imparting some wisdom and, you know, just being under their tutelage has been like an absolute blessing. And I'm
0: I'm super excited. It's so cool to hear because for people at home, like the hand flying is really the part that we love, and when you get into the bigger aircraft and and obviously passengers you know they keep it super steady and, and smooth and it's a straightened approach as raf described and highly automated so what a pilot's on very efficient safe fuel keep it smooth and this is like getting back to full basics in in a big aircraft you know we're not talking we're not talking a little uh two-seater here and yeah, that's awesome man how about you mike have you been man
2: what <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about <laughs> I, I blanked out like two minutes ago here well you come in 30 degrees and you know you're masters of the universe with wings and coming in on shit and tutelage what the fuck is tutelage tutelage seems like to me like it's a it's a long quiet flight the pilots in the front it's dead quiet and, and they just take turns farting and go did you hear that What, what what's your opinion <laughs> you know like I, it's pilot privilege to me. You guys, your peepee. You need you to get your peepee in line. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that shit. <laughs>
1: I'll, also, I forgot to mention. Uh, we're also trying to navigate around pterodactyls. Pterodactyls are always trying to come at you while you're landing, so it's it's a challenge. I heard but it's about fun. Up, up, yeah, up. good.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> I
0: know. No, Mike, tell us about you. How are you? You and your Nobody cares. Yeah.
1: Literally, nobody cares.
0: Yeah, but go just, on.
2: Let's just skip my feelings. Everything. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> great. Uh, no, it's been a week. Honestly, I, I was I was talking with uh, I was with Dr. Tony last night down in down in Texas. So, shout out to Dr. Tony. Yeah, man. Uh, a week ago, I flew down to uh, Texas to San Angelo and had a four day adventure with Raph and a couple with BJ and a couple other guys, and we went on this this hog hunt, uh, it was hogs, coyote, axis deer, like a couple other things. And um, uh, what a great time. Just want to put that out there. It was this five-star ranch and this, the the, the lodge was amazing and a full bar. And, you know, we, we definitely partook, but, you know, the hunting was, you know, was cool and getting out and like, I may or may not have killed an entire family the first day on an ambush. It was, you know, whatever. But when it was over, the the you know, we always talk about it is just having quality time and the level of oh man, I don't even know if they're I, I can't even think of a word. Just the just the pedigree of of people that were there and uh having the conversations that we had, laughing, just openly rip. I mean, you got like guys that are worth millions of dollars in the, in the spotlight and uh, every walks of life and just different backgrounds. And nobody gave a shit. Like we didn't talk about it once. We were ripping on each other, laughing, like nobody was safe. Many, many memes made like during the trip, just busting balls. And we kind of just forgot about the rest of the world for a bit. And it was just living in our own bubble for a couple of days, having some great drinks, going out, pulling triggers and telling stories. And I, I, Said it on the last episode, I was looking forward to like my stomach hurting and dude, it it didn't disappoint because my my abs were freaking exhausted by the time I got back to Dallas and particularly a story from Raf, which I'm not going to share, but I I was laughing my ass off at it. He was my roommate and uh, it was just, you know, it was pretty funny. And um, do we need to
0: contact the, the ATF or FBI. Do, do we need to let listeners know that the whole family that you murdered while pulling triggers and drinking Oh not yeah. Fishing. Oh my that bad was not, see, see, That was not people. See,
2: it was not people. <laughs> it was not people. It was hogs. there was a whole thing of hogs. I'd like to just state that. It was a whole thing of hogs, yes.
0: Which are which are a pest in that area of the world. Yes. They need they're, to they're, they're,
2: they're a nuisance. They tear up the ground, people's farmland, everything else, and they can re- reproduce like every like nine weeks or something. So they I'm just, sure people were
0: thinking, man, Mark's gone bad. And oh. he's talking about it. He's talking about it so calmly. What a freaking psycho. <laughs>
2: oh, dude. I You're right. Oh shit. See, this is why you have good friends because they don't let you, they don't let you mess up like that. Jeez. Uh, No. So we did that. I went back to Dallas. I spent a couple extra days with Dr. Tony and stayed at his place on the catch, as we say in Pittsburgh, the catch. And uh, we went out, had a few drinks, talked about a bunch of stuff. He's starting a new chapter. He's opening his own, um, well, not his own, but a, a whole branch for pediatric rehabilitation uh, up in Pittsburgh with uh, UPMC, and he, it's the first one of its kind up there, and he's heading it up. So shout out to him. Congratulations to him, man. I'm so freaking proud of him. And uh, just heart of gold for helping children in their worst time. I mean, that takes a special person, and spending time with him or any time is, is always great. And uh, went out to the bar a few times, got a little dancing in, went to Fort Worth Stockyards, got a big-ass Texas steak, as you know, it's mandatory. Just enjoyed it, man. And then got home last night. The airline lost my bag. I didn't get it back till 4.30 in the morning. The whole deal. RAF probably had something to do with it. So I was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired. I woke up like 20 minutes ago and uh, hopped on and I'm drinking a Celsius trying to wake my ass up. But overall, pretty good.
0: It's such a great trip. On, honestly, the, um, th- these two guys called me. They were, they were taking a long drive across to, uh i believe it was west texas and they called me from the car and it's just so good to see them together and and I, you know i can't lie i was really wished i was with you guys because a weekend or a long weekend of time with mates and a few drinks and a bit of time in the wilderness and shooting and hanging out and doing man stuff that fucking sounds awesome you know we
2: wish you were weird. there. And we actually talked about it. You know, we're like, let's call Mellon. And, and then but before we did, Ralph was like, you know, he's actually like he sounds intelligent half the time. Like, how how does he come up with it? He's so composed. And we were actually complimenting your 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 Irish ass for like a whole minute. That's,
0: that's when not like secrets like that, when they come out, that's when Australians know that you really hate them. Like <laughs> real genuine heartfelt compliments. People are like fuck these guys really hate me and they've hated me this whole time it's if it's not heavy banter it's it's hatred that's right
1: well i'm gonna be completely honest it's not like we immediately thought of you it wasn't like oh you know we can't get melon out of our head literally we walked (laughs) into the lodge and there was a stuffed wallaby by the fireplace and immediately i was like look at this see you next tuesday And and then my brain was like melon Yep. melon is is the closest thing so anyways you were it was inspired by a wall by a stuffed wallaby at this lodge who apparently was a what's the backstory mike uh this thing was like a pet on the property actually let's it's not tell story. the story it's is the dark. saddest it takes a, it's the saddest fact. story
0: i've ever heard
1: it takes yeah. a dark turn so let's just, just anyways the wallaby lived a good life
0: <laughs> he was a freaking tourist he was visiting an allied nation he was a friend from down under and And he ended, he ended up bloody stuffed.
2: <laughs> well, his name is Wally, and actually, I would like to start a petition to replace Mellon with Wally, the wallaby, because he doesn't speak, but hes <laughs> he stands still holding an alligator head in his hand.' And he's just, he's <laughs> badass. So I would like to start a petition as a replacement for Mellon
1: from down under. Thank you.
0: Man, I'm not happy with how my countrymen were traded in Texas.
1: Yeah, and that trip was actually kind of a big step for me because I've always wanted to try my hand at hunting. Um, And it was my first proper hunting trip, so to speak. So it's, uh, you know, talking to BJ and some of the other guys, you know, we're hoping it's the first of many to come, you know, if we can make this a regular thing. Because kind of like what Mike alluded to, man, just being out there. Like, there's something about just being away from society, unplugging, and just being with the right group of men and women. Although in this trip, it was all men. But just unplugging and just, you know, it, it's a, you don't understand how invaluable it is until you're there. You know, like you don't think you, you don't, how can I say it better? You don't think you need it until you're there and you realize it's exactly what you needed, right? To just, it's almost like it recharges your batteries. It puts life back in perspective. It kind of gives you that moral azimuth or that compass, and just kind of uh, just being around like-minded people with you know similar constitutions and just kind of and listen we didn't all agree on everything but there was like fundamentally and foundationally there was just some amazing amazing humans there and it was every walk of life right from like mike said you know worth millions in the spotlight um just straight you know savages and then you know people underneath that but it there's such a common bond and such a camaraderie. It was just, it was such a good time, man. Like I just like I can see why hunting and be, doing stuff like this is, is so addictive. Like the hunting part is awesome because you know, you're getting back to nature and, and you know, it's interesting. I've always heard, especially on the Joe Rogan podcast, how hunters always talk about how much they, they love the environment. And people are like, well, if you love the environment, why are you shooting things? But it hasn't, we're not, we're not bloodthirsty. It's not like I went there going, oh my God, I can't wait to see something getting shot. As a matter of fact, I was, I kind of said a, a prayer in my head every time I thought I was going to squeeze the trigger, just kind of like, just giving gratitude for the animal that might, you know, if I get a clean shot and it's ethical, you know, the, the meat that it's going to provide, right? Like the sustenance I'm getting, like it's there. I, I just think about what the native people have probably did, and they probably did very similar things, right? Like there's, there's a gratitude when, when you're about to take a life, it's not easy. Like it really isn't. Uh whether it's a a wallaby or you know an Axis deer, it's uh I don't know, it's it's special, man. It was just kind of nice to to be able to peer into it and be around such strong men and just kind of help me kind of um you know do it for the first time. And it was it was awesome. Like it it was pretty pivotal for me. I think I I'm hooked. Think,
0: do you think mike flinched at all when he killed the whole family?
1: He had his eyes closed and he was looking away. I wasn't able to capture a picture. So he's probably gonna refute what I just said, but yeah.
2: Nope, I'm not gonna refute it. I'm pretty much a Jedi with a rifle. So I just use the force and let my trigger <laughs> my trigger and, and my, my force magic just guide me to the to, to the pig. So uh, it 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 just does its thing, man. Sometimes I just point and close my eyes and hope for the best, you know. There
0: is there is something very true though, ref about. Like, because you know, we hunt. We hunted as teenagers and whatnot in Australia, out in the relatives' farms, kangaroos and uh, rabbits and and so on. And you can be very mindless when you're getting your food from a supermarket. You know, like you're just opening your mouth and this stuff's going in, a bit of vegetable, bit of meat. And when you've, when you've seen the animal in the wild and you've taken that life and you've had to carry it out and all all that stuff that goes with it, and you value what you've got and it's very good quality, healthy. Um, food and nourishment and so on you're definitely much more connected with what's happening and you're much more appreciative of the whole setup rather than just you know pick it up in a plastic tray out of the supermarket and stick it in your trolley and you, you can really lose that connection with what you're actually participating in
2: one of the yeah one of the coolest stories was we went night hunting on our last night So we were out there with thermals and night vision and looking around. We pulled up into this field to do some like coyote calling and some other things. we shut off the truck lights and like the sky just lit up, man. We're out in the middle of San Angelo, out in the desert. And there's just billions of stars when you can see satellites moving or everything. And it just makes you remember like how little we actually are. Like I love space and just, just the sheer amount of like distances and time and, oh my god it's freaking insane but just sitting there and like looking at the stars and realizing holy hell like we're just not we're smaller than a speck of sand on an entire beach and we're just a small group of us together and having this great time it was just really cool man there were some guys that were there of like i've never seen this before in my life wow. like, i've never seen this many stars and just we're looking at you can see the milky way you know, everything, it was so freaking dark out there. It was just, dude, it was, it was cool. It was a good way to finish.
0: I remember we had a night out with um, a combat survival instructor, Mike Atkinson. His actual nickname is um, Outback Mike. You can check him out on Facebook and his YouTube, Outback Mike. He's done some crazy survival stuff. Uh, he was a survival instructor in the Australian Army and spent a lot of time in the Outback with the Australian Aboriginals, in, especially in North Force, which is a military unit with, comprised largely of uh, Australian Aboriginals. And teaching Celestial Nav, so survival stuff out at night time, camping out on a beach in a remote location, and him just taking us through, you know, finding north and south and where you are in the latitude, where's the, horiz- where's the equator. And you can get pretty accurate, like, where you are north, south and stuff. And it's a whole other thing. And you feel when you're in that environment, I really feel like a connection with, like, humanity going back. You know, like it was like until, what, 150 years ago when they started having lights in cities after dark. That's like, that's the human experience. Awesome, really good stuff. For me, at, um, at work, we have moved our aircraft. We moved the whole fleet of aircraft to our new base. And today was my last day at the airbase tier, last day in the unit, in the building, and came home, there's no work tomorrow. And then uh, Thursday evening, we're flying back to Australia. i be back in Australia on well, It takes a whole day to get there. So Saturday I'll, I'll see my mum and my brothers and my sister and it's going to be a barbie on. And so I'm, I'm literally in this space of celebration and ending a chapter. And it's funny, it coincides exactly with our uh, closing the chapter here on Not Your Average Operator and our move in the new direction together. And I've just been in this really great, happy space all day thinking about you know, doors closing and new ones opening, and turning a page, and what comes next, and the ne- you know, it's the next challenge, right? Like eyes on the horizon. Let's move forward. Yeah, good space to be in.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you're you know, like you said, you're it's a, it's a good pivotal point for us where we're kind of looking back at, and we talked about in the last episode, um, just all the things we're grateful for, and it, I can't help but think of how this podcast came together at like the perfect time and how I really feel like, you know, the three personalities, you know, uh, when Mike asked me to do it and I was like, "Ah, I don't know. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this thing, I really want melon to be on board and I couldn't figure out why I just thought, well, maybe I, we have somebody to make fun of, but I like, it was just, it's been really cool to to see you bring some like significant value. And, um, and so it's exciting, right. to, To turn the corner and kind of go on to the, to the next one. Um, so we could probably say what the next one's going to be called so that people start looking for
0: it. Yeah. So there's a line that Raph dropped pretty early on, and he's, he said it repeatedly, and it's something that's really resonated with Mike and I, and we really feel like that captures uh, us, the three of us, and what the mission is that we're, we're here in service of, and that is pushing back chaos. So the, the title of the new podcast is the same as this episode. So it's pushing back chaos with Mel and Mike and Raf and in it, we're gonna to aim to just continue bringing the same content, the same from the heart conversations. You know, you'll hear a bit of humor as we catch up and then we'll really try and touch on something that's resonating with us in that time. And we're, we're trying to leave conversations for family and friends and the wider community to listen to. I know I think a lot about when I'm recording about my son and having a digital record that he can go to in his later years as an adult man and hear these these things uh, in a different way. And we're hoping to make a difference for people as we're you know, normalizing conversations between men about some of the hard stuff, the, the feeling stuff, things that are not um, openly discussed perhaps in Western society and like making it normal because everyone has these hard times and everyone has big things to talk about. And before coming here, I didn't see any of this done publicly, that's for sure. And maybe, especially not in our environment. Maybe there are other workplaces or other parts of our culture where it's been okay for men to talk, but certainly not in the military and veteran, or you know, rugby sporting community that I've been in. So, you know, I've really appreciated the chance to do that with you guys. And you can rest assured that that's what we're here for. That's our mission. Our mission is to participate with all you out there and push back that chaos. You know, we stand in ranks is another thing that Raf said knowing that there's other people out there thinking the same thing and we're all facing the same direction and pushing together, you know, you're not on your own.
1: And Melon, I think that's an, an extraordinary, really well, it's extraordinarily, really well said, but I think that's a massive point that you just made because I think in this life, and it's kind of nutty if you think about it with the advent of technology and just how well we're connected. I feel like more than never, most of us feel a lot more alone. Which is the craziest irony of all this, and I think that that's an important point you just made. We, you know, if you feel like you're alone, you're really not. There are others like you. You just have to open up that dialogue to understand, like, oh, you feel just the way I do, and that was the beauty of that hunting trip is that again, socioeconomically, we're across the spectrum, but when we came down to conversations about family and children and you know just our spirituality and, and just you know goals in life, man almost all of us had that in common, right? Like the thread was really strong and, and the commonalities that we had. And uh, that just proves my point, right? Like you just, you have to have the courage to have to open up the conversation and be like, oh, we're like-minded. And then, you know, they kind of just, it kind of just encourages you to, to, to keep forging forward and, you know, continue the path, even with all that resistance and all the chaos
0: of life. Because there can be a thing in our society recently where it's real, things can get divided and i feel like things are divided in the west and you know certainly we're seeing what's happening in ukraine and politically and in all sorts of ways there's a division intersectionality where people look for which part of a minority group they belong to and who can belong it's like a game of bingo you know whoever's got the most um of these issues is like i'm trying to it's a pity party sort of thing whereas if you start with a venn diagram of trying to include other people in a conversation and actively looking for things that you have in common, I'm sure you'll find them as well. Like if you're going to start with how you're different from everyone else or how no one else could possibly understand you because of X, Y, and Z, you know, you're not, you guys aren't Australians. You couldn't possibly understand me, blah, blah, all this stuff. You go, well, no, no, no. How about I'm part of a group of people who like, you know, I love my mum. Go, I dare you to find someone who doesn't fall into that group. Or, you know, I, enjoy hanging out with my mates like you can look for a different way of finding a circle and a venn diagram that includes people and you can start there as raf has just said find something to start with what you got in common yeah go ahead mike
2: this whole journey that we've been on and we all agree that the message is the most important part being vulnerable to allow others to be vulnerable right you're never going to get through the truth, if you're not willing to give the truth, and we talk about that a lot. Um, this happens all the time for the three of us. We, we discuss it all the time. Like, man, I had an interaction today. Somebody approached me because they listened to the podcast or they hear me practicing what I preach on the podcast, you know, and they go about it uh, up until, you know, this is yesterday. Uh, I'm walking around downtown in Dallas and. Dr. Tony talked to me about some things and I was vulnerable with him and he opened up about a, you know, this whole new chapter in his life and what's going on, which I'll keep between him and I out of respect. Uh, But he knows who I am. He knows that he can just open up and, and I felt it. So I opened up and was like, boom, well, here I am, dude. And he just started pouring. We had, we walked around for, I think about two and a half hours. We got some lunch and just walked around the parks and all these places and just talked. And it was, I loved it. It's, that's the real conversations there. While we're walking, one of my guys I work with, right, six months ago, I had to do like some counseling training and just, hey, if anybody's having a rough time, you know, the standard military mental health is, you know, blah, 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 ask for help. And like, everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't think that's good enough. So I make it very Very personal, and I stand up and I talk about what I went through that I talked about in episode one, where I broke down and talked about compartmentalizing too much and stress and having a breakdown. I share that story so people know, like, hey, I'm not bullshitting you. I'm not up here just doing it because I'm a I'm a leader in the military and I have to say this. And one of my guys reached out to me yesterday and Hey and he said hey everything's good, but I'm actually interested in doing some counseling and therapy. I know you mentioned you did it before. do you have a contact? And it was just out of the blue but he knew that I could I could be a, a person to trust and go and immediately I called my previous counselor uh, that I had and connected her with him and he's got an appointment on Monday and I said, hey dude, you can come over my place this week, I'll make you dinner and we'll have a conversation. He's like dude, Thanks for sharing your story so much. And, and, and this isn't work. This is life. This is man to man. This is friend to friend, teammate to you know what I mean? This is real life. This is the chaos that we're talking about. And him reaching out to me is saying, Hey, I want to push back against the chaos that we're that we speak of. And it it's literally, you know, this is yesterday, this whole almost two years. It's still producing great conversations and benefits to life so i'm extremely yeah. grateful
0: that whole reluctance certainly my whole time in the military the reluctance to engage with a counselor a psych, or a cycle to talk about having a problem because you have to be like well there's a problem or else why would i see a counselor i have to have something that i'm not capable of dealing with myself or else i wouldn't reach out for help and therefore there must be something wrong with me and how are my friends and peers and subordinates and superiors judge me right but it's if you look at like top sporting athletes they've all got a performance coach they've all got like the, the person working on the head game you know tiger woods psychologist performance psychologist came and spoke at one of our instructor conferences in australia and he talked about developing mantras and and getting the headspace right and little rituals of approaching the ball for the tee off and it was nerves around having it was the 200 people in the gallery looking at him when he was swinging the golf ball swinging the golf club made him nervous it wasn't the 50 million on the camera it was the just the physical people there made him nervous and it was coaching to deal with that so that he got into a state of positivity to drive the ball rather than oh my god i'm going to make a mistake into this watch this it was all these people have come to see me and watch this as he swung in the club so if these people are spending you know a lot of money for these top level counselors what benefits we can all get from reaching out when we need it i remember cherry and i had a period at the end of our time in the neonatal unit when annie was little and the head of the unit there his wife was the head of the psychiatry department at the hospital and i said to him i look you know cherry i would like to talk to you someone in the psychiatry psychology department make sure we've got our heads right before we take this little baby home or for six months through all these health issues because maybe we're not right. Maybe there's some element of our game that we can improve. Maybe there's something we need to work through and so on. And we had a session with her and like, be open to it. Why not try and improve things? Like, how good can things be that you're like, ah, oh, no, that's good enough. I wouldn't want to improve things at all here, you know? That's, that's something that we're – that's one of the layers of cars we're pushing back. Why not go to someone who's an expert like Dr. Aaron?
2: Yeah, yeah you know, that's what Tony and I talked about at the end of our conversation yesterday. He said, you know, we know what we're supposed to do. We like, we, we know, like we, we wrapped around and we talked about subjects and topics, like every different angle that we could come and we went down the rabbit hole, came out of the rabbit hole, went down another one. And at the end of it, it's just like, if you just said it, if you just talked, it would fix half the damn problems. You know, like we, we get so wrapped up of like in our own head and like, well, this could happen, this, that, whatever, but I don't know how this person's feeling. And you know, how, what am I supposed to do? Because I think this is right. And she's like, have you ever talked about, it? did you ever just say it? Well, no, well, that's half the battle. Just, just saying it, just letting it out, just being able to communicate it. You know, I mean, dude, we talked about freaking like, you know, love languages and like how to, you know, in relationships, we talk about like family, we talk, we talked about everything, we talked about work and communicating at work. And it's just like, dude, being having the power, I think J- Dr. Jordan Peterson says it, but having the power to read, write and communicate, you're already, you know, not like all oh, high mighty, but you're already superior. If you can do those three things, you're doing great.
0: Yeah, as a person. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great conversation as well. I've had a Made out here. Shout out to DJ Gladders. He's a a British a British guy. He's out here working on the same business I'm with in their finance department, and and his little side hobby that he loves, his passion is uh, electronic dance music. as a DJ, and he's really good. And he's only just recently started listening to the podcast. And you know, like just little bits of feedback from him on conversations that we had 18 months ago has really been like this awesome boost. He's been having it in his car, going driving in downtown Riyadh to go to a, run a DJ set, which is still pretty unusual. Like Raph, you'd know that was unheard of when you were here. So he's going, he's going out and listening to us, a, a, you know, a podcast on "Folly, Folly your passion from us. And he's like, man, that just resonated as what I needed to hear. So these little things, you know, they still, it's not like they're the relevance changes or the focus changes. It's just a, a constant. And knowing that there are other people out there having the same feelings and having the similar experiences means you you, you've got these connection points. You've got these points of shared experience that you can reach out over and uh, you know, like you never know where it's going to end.
1: Yeah. And just to add to what Mike was just talking about, you know, just saying, you know, whatever the issue is and talking about it, you know, I think that can be a little bit more nuanced in that. I think it's important to understand that, um, this is, and that points to the fact, I completely agree with you, Mike, but my only addition to that is that's why it's that much more important to really be selective with who you let in your inner circle, because some of those conversations, other people just aren't, It's I shouldn't say they're not equipped. They might not be in the right state of mind. Um, one, to be a good sounding board or two, to give you the, the appropriate feedback, right? Because they can also lead, lead you astray. Yes. Um, right? Because, yeah. you know, everyone's shaped differently through their opinions, through the the way they perceive the world and that sort of thing. So again, it. and by the way, this is a slow process, right? You don't meet somebody and like, oh, we're best friends and we're going to blah, 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 you know, whatever. I mean, this is a slow methodical, you know, building relationships throughout months, throughout years. And then you, you, once you feel that build that foundation, that's when you start to notice like, Hey, this is Mel and Mike, uh, Matt, all these buddies that I have BJ, like, you know, I just met BJ a couple of years ago, but I can tell that our 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 friendship has been kind of been solidifying every time we have an encounter, right? Like I can tell that there's a mutual respect. Um, but again, it, it wasn't like the first day we're like, we're best friends. It was like, okay, this guy seems like a good dude. All right, we'll meet again down the road, that sort of thing. But again, it's important to pick, to, to really be selective with who you choose to be in your inner circle. Because I think that's probably what's going to, catapult you the, the most in life, right?
2: Yeah, the, it's the experiences that bring out the character in, in which you can learn about the person. And again, dude, Tony, and I talked about this yesterday. It's not the happy times. It's not the Oh, man, life is fucking great. And, and look at the pictures and everything. It's the hard, like when when you see people choosing to push back to, to choose the do the hard, like they have the courage, and you seem like, wow, that stands out because it's not always common to see. And like when you see somebody willing to step up to the plate and be like, yeah, I know this is going to suck, but it's the right thing to do and I'm going to do it. You, you kind of go, wow, I want to be part of that, right? And then you start having conversations and hey, I kind of feel the same way. And then you go through the hard and you go through things together over time, like you're saying, Raf. And then there it's like, you know, through adversity and challenges that you're like, this person isn't gonna run for me. This person is going always gonna be there for me. They're they're willing to to go through it and not run or shut off or put walls up, you know, and, and that's when you
1: really know who your friends are. Also, I think that when you find the right group and you start to push each other, just building that strength, you know, by being vulnerable whether it's through conversation, whether it's through doing something physical that you've never done before, just something that you know is gonna just all out suck, um, that builds confidence and that confidence is super contagious. I mean, so you know, when, you think of, like, when you think of hunting, yeah, there's standard hunting where you sit on a high blind and it's, you're just basically just sitting there and waiting, but even that takes some work. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of uh, patience. And then there's, And then there's the blinds on the ground where you're in the environment, setting up your hasty, you know, being completely camouflaged, controlling your breathing, and that's a lot of work. Uh, Mike and I did that a couple times, and it was like my hats off. I just realized how much work that really is. But the point I'm trying to make, though, is well, what did we start talking about immediately after that? We started talking about going to Alaska to do a hunting trip, and listen, I don't, huh, that's like times a thousand because it's that much more unforgiving, you know. But again, that that just goes to show that it builds the confidence. Like, hey, this sucked, you know. We did all right. Um, What what else can we do? And that's the kind of group you want to be a part of. Like, yep, this is great. It was uncomfortable. We were successful. What else can we do? And it's usually easier to do that in a tribe. I mean, it's look, there's people out there who can do it by themselves, but but that's the outlier, right? Most of us, um, human nature is uh, just having the right tribe to help you push forward. And it's you know these are all catchphrases, and you hear them all the time. But God, there's just so much truth in it. So don't just put it in the back burner.
0: You, you guys have just given some really great points on um, how the team or how the individual that you share with and that you go through experiences with and that you are willing to be vulnerable with, how that can really build something very special. And I just had the thought around you know, like you said, Raph, you know, you don't, you don't walk up and sit next to them. Hi, we're going to be best friends. Like day one and and dump into the space, you know, all the terrible shit that happened to you. So I was just thinking about some of the stuff I've I've heard and, and listened to in different podcasts and books around how do you filter in the beginning to get to that, to be right. I know that I can trust this person to share X and, you know, not the full Monty, but, that building phase, and I know among men that banter is used as a proving tool to judge who you can trust. And I've I've heard that discussed by Jordan Peterson and uh, Sam Harris and others, where they say that you know you throw the ball to someone and it, and are they shocked or are they going to throw it back and. What can, you, what can you get? You can get really quickly through a stage of, yeah, you know, like this guy's quick on the uptake. He's he's trustworthy enough to run with his thought and idea. Or, you know, not going to freak out, not going to put his arms up and cry for his safe space because I said, you know, drop some language or some concepts in there. And that can be a really good way of filtering people in the very beginning on like, right, I'm going to engage with this person. Like you said, you only met BJ a couple of years ago, Raph. And I know with meeting Mike a couple of years ago that heavy banter has just allowed a connection really quickly for me. And I know that that happened like when you guys met um, Mark McCarthy, for example, like super heavy banter, like much worse than what we ever transmitted <laughs> out in a podcast land. When we're just talking quietly, that guy's got a filthy mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, would, would, you, would you say that that was a similar experience for you when you met BJ? Was there something different that you, no, you noticed when you, or when you reflect on it now about what it was like when you sort of first met BJ? How you like figured out, yeah, this is a guy that I can see myself being close friends with. And was it, was it banter like I'm de- describing or something different for you?
1: It was, it was a little bit of banter, but I, I think with, you know, a person like BJ, it, it's really just his character. And I, the, the thing that I admired about him almost immediately is I know that he puts his family at like the highest possible point. And I, it's hard not to admire that, right? He talks about his wife, his two kids now, and you can just really feel the emotion when he talks about him. Like he genuinely loves his family and it's really difficult not to love that, right? Like anyone who, because I think he, he's one of those people that clearly understand that his legacy is the health of his family. Um, and that's powerful, man. And, you know, that kind of trickles down, percolates down into the rest of his life, you know, his career, his professional life. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that was, for me, that was, as soon as I noticed that, I was like, man, this is someone that I, that I had a mutual respect for. And then obviously we did some stuff together up in Kansas and had some real conversations. We talked about our past. Um, so yeah, I, I think those conversations were, were a big piece. And then, you know, there was bantering sprinkled here and there with Mike and BJ and just always, uh, making fun of each other, but they're just, you know, years of just kind of sporadically talking on the phone and asking each other for favors and that sort of thing. And, but again, it, for me, it really started when I, I think the first time I heard him really talk about his, his wife and, and uh, his, his, his daughter, but um, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's, that's my kind of litmus test, I guess you can say when I, when I hear somebody talk about their friends and family and how they regard them Um and, I don't know, man. It just to me that's uh, it's super attractive, right? As an individual, I want to be around people like that. That tells me that your head is on straight, right? Like you, as far as I'm concerned, you're holding the things that that should be nearest and dearest to you exactly that way.
0: Like when you when you get an insight into someone's character early on, I think certainly the older I get, the more I trust that gut initial gut feel. It's like ninety nine percent plus accurate. I reckon now. And you get that insight into someone and you're like, man, this, this is a, a straight shooter. This is someone where there's, as they say in England, you know, they, they've got some minerals, you know, a bit of moral fiber underneath them. And, and in this as well, the way it works sometimes, like an, a reference from a friend. And so the three of us came together with Raph as the, uh, the one who knew both of us. And Raph was, you know, he might not do it now while you're around, Mike, but he was talking out pretty big in your absence. And so a reference, you know, praise from the praiseworthy is high praise indeed in my book. Reference bloody Heath Ledger there, shout out, in Oz. So if someone is like willing to like vouch for someone and then, you know, can throw a bit of banter back and you get a bit of a sense of the character and that they've got a bit of wit and humor and that that's, that's someone you're going to enjoy time with, that's definitely then being willing to be vulnerable and sharing stuff that's real and trying to step past the, you know, the conversations about the weather <laughs> and get into the real stuff, right?
1: And I think at the, at the, the bottom of all of this, I think one of the most important things is for anyone who's listening, and I'm saying this out loud, even for myself, is not to try to establish these relationships or build these relationships for some sort of gain, right? Like you should literally have nothing at the end of this agenda other than you're genuinely interested in these people and building the relationship like that should be the intent there should be no like well i want to get these connections because this person's a a list or this person's a professional whatever like that's just not even cuz i think that will be so damn transparent and so obvious right off the beginning mm-hmm. that it's going to it's going to steer off the direction from what it should be so yeah really genuinely gonna, it, yeah
0: trying to yeah. start trying to start a friendship like with just super inauthenticity right at the beginning, you know? Like, I want to have a wonderful friendship with this person because I'm going to use them for something down track. You're like, you're, just, you're torpedoing yourself. <laughs> you're putting a pitchfork right through the front of your foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's man. some
1: used car salesman tactics there that almost always will fail. There's some successful ones out there, but they're very short-lived, right? Like Because they're going to okay. get found out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Transactional human beings, right? They're not people of character. They're using other people. As soon as you figure them out, and I arc- reckon as you get older, you, you get those people in about 10 seconds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not what you can gain. It's what you can offer.
0: Is really the way you should see most relationships.
1: Actually, all relationships.
0: Boom. A bit of wisdom from TRF. I,
1: I blacked out what happened.
2: Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> well, well that, that, that's a lot coming out about this whole this whole journey, man. And that's what we're talking about is just uh, all these are examples of building great roots and bases to push back against chaos. You know Uh, when we think about chaos, it has many different faces and different forms. You know, some of it's very loud and shown over social media or the news like most people see but chaos can also be a silent killer and be inside of ourselves and be in our own head you know I I know I'm <laughs> I'm no stranger to it I know I'm not the only one either and we have to figure out ways how to do it um to quote uh former Admiral Olson you know he said you got to ask for help sometimes and you, you need to help you need to ask for help to people, you know, Hey, help me paddle, help me paddle this boat through through the waves and and get to where we need to go. And, uh, that's really the whole thing about life. You know, I talked about the journey and everything last, last week is as cheesy as that damn thing is, it's, you know, it's not about the destination. It's all about the journey and who's along the journey with you and, uh you know that was again great conversations with Tony yesterday it was just dude you're starting this new chapter where do you want to go and who do you want to be in that chapter with you you know like you're you're building stuff you're moving forward and uh what was this this movie i watched into the wild i don't know if you've guys seen that speaking of alaska where that that young kid you know he just kind of walks away from all the money and ends up dying in a freaking school bus in alaska because he ate the wrong damn plant, but you know he was on this—he was on this ever pursuit of happiness, and he's just like, "Oh, I need to get to it! I need to get to it!" And what he writes in this book, in his little journal, at the very end, right before he dies, is happiness is shared, and that was like what he realized at the end, right before he died, is happiness. Yes, you should be happy with yourself, but it's finding the people in your life that want to go on that journey with you and to embrace it and to build those relationships and respect them and treasure them and, and expand them, you know, and show other people what, what it should be, you know, it's never going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect, but we should strive to do that. And I think that's just the beautiful way to look at it, you know, to look at life, you know, we're just here for the ride, man. Let's just enjoy the ride with some good people.
0: And you can say it's cheesy, but it's true, you know, that there is no journey, you're never actually gonna get anywhere. There's no stopping this moment's followed by another moment. And where you are now, you, you won't be in time or space or as you grow. I was talking with um, Cheza earlier today and it's been pretty stressful, you know, like I'm the safety guy, it can be a fairly chaotic uh, environment. And to move a whole fleet of aircraft safely to a new base that's really early in the construction phase and missing a lot of essential infrastructure for operations, but to get in there safely to establish that as a baseline and get people to agree to it was really like a lot of work. And we're also going through, we bought a property and we're looking at subdividing and building on that. And it's just been like a lot. And I just had a just saw Cherry this morning, you know, like sort of going out the door with a cup of coffee. And I was just like, this, I feel like this is just what our life is, you know, like big challenges. Like it feels like a, a roller coaster. And when I look back, it's not like at any point, it never felt like calm waters. You know, there was life coming out to Saudi. There was Cherry having cancer. There was Annie having her issues when she arrived. And but I, I think that these feelings of struggle or difficulties, it's relative to the scale of the game you're playing. You know, and if you want to play in the NFL, you're going to be able to take a big hit and the, the high is going to be really high and the, the hard times are going to be difficult, you know, like some of the photos Mike shared going up that Appalachian Trail. Oh, that's a steep freaking track, you know, like if you want to see the view from the top of the mountain, it's never going to be an easy walk. It's not. You're not wandering along a golf course. You know what I mean. Like, I, know, I just had this real feeling today of a chapter closing and a you know moving to the next one. That we well, just want to look forward to. Like, don't hope for a time when it's calm and static and nothing's happening, right? Because that's probably when the sand's getting or dirt's getting shoveled on top of the box you're in. You know, at the end of the ride, the. The time the roller coaster stops, I think, is when you're done. Like, this is what life is like. And if you can't embrace it and excel in that, that's what we're talking about, about pushing back chaos. Like, continue to move towards the goal line, you know, like keep your eyes on the star and move despite the challenge. And the challenge is going to be bigger when you're playing a bigger game. If you're playing a game of sit on the couch and, you know, argue with a wife. And bitch and moan about work. The challenges aren't big, you know, the scale you're playing at. But if you're like, no, no, I want my marriage to be excellent. I want my relationship with my children to be fantastic. And I want to have really meaningful connections with close mates. You know, I want to have health and mobility into my older years. Well, you know, you're taking on a big game and there's going to be challenges there. You know, you're you're choosing to go to the top of the mountain rather than just take the the trail by the river. I just had, I've been thinking those sorts today as well around this ending, not your average operator, moving into pushing back chaos, and ending the time in this base, and looking forward to going to Australia. And that the chaos is always going to be there, you know, and it takes effort, and it takes thought and planning. And uh, you can't do it on your own either. You know what I mean? There's no person in the middle of the torrent doing the job on their own. It's a team effort, right? And that's what we're here for. And we're, we're, We know that you're doing that too out there and, and we're freaking pulling for you. Like we, we love hearing and we love knowing that you are pushing back against your own chaos and you're standing with your shoulder to the wheel. You know, you're lifting, not leaning. You're giving it something. If you ever want to, if you ever want a hand or you want to have a chat, no shit, reach out to us. You know, like we reply to messages, we call people who call us. And, you know, you can have one of those conversations with us straight off the bat.
2: Yeah. I think it's a good time just to say thank you to everybody that's been following us for these 90 episodes, the amount of feedback that we've gotten from messages, from emails, from phone calls, to everyday occurrences, you know, people in our own life that know that we do this, and they come up and say, hey, man, I, I listened to this episode the other day, and just really inspired me here to just do this, or speak about this, or change something in my life. Uh, we love doing this, but we wouldn't have kept doing it if it wouldn't have been for your responses and feedback and and opening up to us and sharing about some things about mental health and relationships and works and, and interviews and, you know, the whole deal of the list goes on and on. But uh, I know the three of us are all combined when we say thank you for all of the support and just, you know, the interactions. I mean, you guys make us better by having them. And that's why we love doing this every week, 90 straight weeks. We've, we've done one of these every single week. We found and made time uh, for us, selfishly, but also because we see what the ripple effect that it's had out there. And we just ask you to uh, continue to follow us. We're going to have our uh, Facebook, Instagram, a bunch more uh, social media interaction uh, once we uh, rebrand and, and build everything. So, please be watching for all of the um, advertisements that are coming up and building up with a new show and um, the, the brand. And if you guys have ideas and different things, please just hit us up over the next couple of months. We're looking, we're aiming to launch right after Memorial Day here in the US. So, around June 1st is going to be our launch date. Uh, at least that's our goal right now. Uh, so you, uh, all the way up until then, we'll be advertising, putting different things out. And please continue us to follow us, share us, have these discussions. And uh, we'd w- love to welcome you into the pool uh, to, to keep building.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'll add to what Mike just said is obviously, thank you uh, sincerely to all our guests, to all our listeners, to Adam, who helped us uh, produce the show and has been a tremendous, tremendous guide through through the entire thing. I think he's been... the like one of the best resources we had and Tony senior who's been like literally one of our biggest cheerleaders. I've had many conversations with him. So, um, but the only thing I would change is, uh, when Mike, you said we mostly, we continue to do it because of the responses. That's not true for me. I think I would have done it anyways. Cause I really like the sound of my voice. Like I really like the sound of it. There so it I is. think I would have just, <laughs> I can't even get straight. <laughs> You're
0: going to hear that voice people. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at 30,000 feet from the floor deck. This is Raf Espinosa, your flip first officer today on Alaska Airlines.
2: Okay, I would like it to start another petition. So, not only Wally the Wally Bee, but or the Wallaby, sorry, Jesus, um, but Slowpoke Gonzalez will now replace Raf. And uh, so, basically, what I'm doing is proposing I start a new brand with two cartoon characters. So, so. <laughs>
1: Why why stop at two, Mike? Why don't we just get Woody Harrelson to replace you? And <laughs> there it is. It's done.
2: It's done. You know, actually I get Jason Siegel sometimes from how I met your mother. So not,
0: not Steven Segel?
2: Yeah.
1: No, Steven no. Siegel is more appropriate.
2: No. Antonio he Special Forces. An-
0: Antonio yeah, right. is the
2: is the Spanish uh Steven Segel. So maybe, you know, the hair
0: would help Raff out with that. But well that's the end of this one guys episode 90 pushing back chaos look for us we will uh do our best to have this roll over for you so you don't have to you know do too much work but we'll be putting the information out we'll be asking you guys for uh input and for suggestions for shows and questions to ask and areas that you'd like explored and we're we're really looking forward to moving in a slightly new direction, but with the same, same content. We're not intending to make any major changes. We want to continue these conversations. The things that work for us is where we sort of started, and that seems to resonate with people, and so we, we intend to continue. And so until early June, look after your friends, talk with your mates, and uh, stay safe, guys.